also uh, Kevin has decided to create his own language. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Klingon? No, I don't. <laughs> but do you know that Wikipedia? Um, you can you can uh, look up uh, Wikipedia articles in the language of Klingon. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Just like I just found out this last week on Facebook, you can select languages. You know, like English, French, Spanish. Yeah. One of the options is pirate. <laughs> like like. <laughs> <laughs> Pirate I haven't language. tried it yet, but I hear it's it's pretty funny. So, oh. but it's it's only Facebook stuff that gets translated into pirate, not you know not people's comments. Yeah, or yeah, which would be even like a, funnier if they could figure out a way would, to do that to do like an auto translator. Yeah, um, no, but that is pretty funny to to see your you know your your Facebook uh, um, you know updates or user messages or whatever in pirate language. Yeah, that's useful. Uh, that's handy. <laughs> Yeah, I just um I I was really um shockingly surprised at the number of articles that have been written in the language of Klingon. That is um, interesting. Like like thousands hmm. of articles in in Klingon. It's not surprising. Um it's interesting though. It's weird. What do people do with their lives that compel them to learn the art of Klingonese? Well, um, you know they you just kind of build this fantasy life Man. where you become you know you become one of the the trekkies you know you are and you're part of that show so you are just gonna yeah and i want to know why of all the languages on star trek why is it that klingon um got you know uh embraced by more so than many one language on star trek oh yeah you can speak romulan um you can speak uh um what are the other language what are the other there's uh Romulan people. Um, there's um. See now I'm drawing a blank. Klingon see, people. I hardly um, ever watched Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I I've used seen to, like I parts of an episode. It. Yeah. What well, what's the uh oh what's the uh but um bet Betazoid? was that the, ah all you Trekkie fans gotta help me out. <laughs> Come on guys, send send us some comments. Tell me what. I don't know. Tell me what other languages I'm missing. I know there's there's tons of of ethnicities on Star Trek. Well, I, I'm sure that we have listeners who know. Ah, uh, my mind's just drawing a blank. That's not a diss on listeners. Ba- by the way. Ba- Betish, ba- ba- Betazoid, Betazoid. Is that? Did I say that? Did I say Betazoid? That's what you just said. Just oh. now. <laughs> oh. 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 What was the other one? Anyway, we digress. No, I can't. See now. <laughs> Hurry, look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> Uh, I'm just playing. All right, I'm not going to. No, don't do it. I'm not going to give in to this psychosis. Yeah, it is crazy. It's a whole world. It is. It's a whole world. Yeah, so. But we're in our our own own world. We are in our own world of worship music. Yeah. And that's what we're here to talk about. Any interesting things to uh, bring up before we get into. Not really. We we talked a lot last episode. We we did a lot of personal stuff. We did. We talked about my house. We talked about the Rose Bowl. And we talked about Melanie being pregnant and, you know, just about ready to give birth to our second daughter. Oh, excuse me, our second daughter. I'm glad you said daughter and finished that and yeah. didn't just leave it. I, because well, like I you said dog. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I started saying it and then, you know, I had this burp and I had to get the burp out and, you know, so anyway, so. 
<laughs> too much information. Functions, I yeah. know, I know. So yeah, we we've talked a lot, but um, we got the lava lamp going in here today, though. Right, which is super cool. And the water fountain. I feel like we're like psychedelic. I actually do have to use the restroom. Um. Okay. Well, then we'll we'll take a brief break. Pause it. Be right back after our stations identify themselves. Bye. And we're back. Mm. I just like saying that. Back at you. I, I do have to say, though, really quickly, while we're talking about bodily functions. Gosh. Oh, boy. I'm, uh, my, our bathrooms here at the church uh, make me self-conscious about my smell. Yeah? Like, not, not bathroom smells, but just, like, my personal body <laughs> smell. Because every time I go into our bathroom, the, the air freshener thing automatically goes off. Oh, and yeah. So, like, Is I don't it, you know, know if it's just, like... I just happen to go in there at the times that it's supposed to go off or it, it sent it senses the, uh, no, you know, cause I, I, I think those auto air fresheners, cause we have the same type of deals at our church. You know, I think they just like sense a, um, like a difference, uh, in, in the atmosphere and whatever that difference is, it, uh, it bursts it out. So maybe I like, I have lots of carbon dioxide or something. You're, yeah, you're emitting carbon dioxide. Um, or maybe it's heat. heat. No, it's not heat. It's not yeah, it's either that or it's a camera and someone's taking my <laughs> picture because that's what it sounds like every time it goes off. Right. It's that. Yeah. It's that, yeah. It's that little. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. We have those. So, man. Well, good. I'm a little gonna, more information probably. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you got that off your chest, man. That's but great. It, but it does make me wonder. Do I stink? Does it stink no, in here? No, you smell. You okay. smell great. That's good. No, your office actually always smells really good because you have these candles. Um, which you light on occasion, and yeah, I can't light them as often as I'd like to though because of my Mac. Oh, because it heat, because yeah. the room heats up. Because the third, we've been over this, I think, but the thermostat for like this whole wing of offices is in my room, right? And so, if I light candles, it's just going to have the air conditioning on all day, and can it's you, already colder in the can other you open guys' the offices. Door? Um, just prop the door open. I do, but it doesn't really help that much. Like, just set a block of dry ice right in front of the uh, the thermostat. and Yeah, but the weird thing is, so I've been turning my computer off at night to try and cool it down in here, yeah. and it doesn't cool down. So it makes me think that it's not just the Mac, and I, but I make sure everything is off in this room. There's yeah. nothing on when yeah. I leave, and it doesn't cool down. And the other guy's offices are still like 10 degrees colder than mine. I'm kidding. Yeah. Maybe... Um, I don't know, double pane windows, maybe it traps heat or something, you know? Uh, Heat comes in, can't get out. I don't know. I don't know either. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Look inside the mystery. All right, well, we're uh, we're not going to waste a whole lot of time this episode. We've done enough of that lately. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter four. Uh, Melody that soars. We just finished uh, Lyrics That Sing. Or words I that sing. With you. And now we got Melody that Spirit soars. Leads me on there you go. In the, the power, power of your love. I wrote about this in my weekend review this weekend, but. Which I haven't done that in so long, by the way. I'm sorry. I've been bad. Well, I skipped a couple too. But um, the shelf life of worship songs now is amazingly short. Yeah. I mean, you think that song isn't that old. When you think about like the history of church music, right? That song's only what ten years old. Ten, yeah. It, it was no, it's it it actually yeah, it's like ninety six or ninety seven. Okay, so when Jeff 13. Bullock, good old Jeff Bullock, I miss him. But you know, like you know, in the fifties, they were singing songs that were you know hundreds of years old. Right, right. 
but now like that is considered ancient it is and now you know and the really good songs stick around but for the most part how many of us are really doing like very many of the songs that we did five years ago not much that's pretty short shelf life not much that's amazing yeah in, unless you're Chris Tomlin, um, you know, then your songs are probably only. But even his songs are still, season. you know, after six years, five well, or six it's years, true, they still just. You know, his song "Forever," um, mm-hmm. "Forever God." Yeah, I, I mean that that was like the biggest song yeah. of all time, and I can't remember the last time we did that song at Laurelwood. It's been a while since we've done it too. Yeah, I mean, and we used to do that song. Um, well, I, I, actually, by the time I got to Laurelwood, that song was already being phased out. But forgive him much. Uh, the band that he was in, mm-hmm. we used to do that song all the time, yeah. and and it's just like you know, it starts losing, starts losing some of its uh, power, whatever. One of my my professors at Indiana Wesleyan called it tissue music because <laughs> like you just you know you use it once and throw and then it you're away. done with it. <laughs> you know? Tissue music. So that's great. But so uh, how so how do we write songs that aren't tissue music? We gotta have words that sing and melodies that soar. Well, see, well, the, yeah, but words that stick for a long time, like the the songs we're still singing from a couple hundred years ago, aren't the songs that have like tremendous melodies. True, they're the songs that are that are theological and you know became like mainstays of the church. Right, they became staples of of what the church was about. Yeah, so I think that's a whole different topic altogether. Yeah. I don't think we can even think about necessarily writing songs that are going to be... Ideally, it'd be great if we could write a song and, you know, come back in 200 years and they're still singing it in the church. That'd be cool. But I don't know that these are the tools that are going to get us to that kind of song. Mm. Maybe it's, maybe I'm totally That's wrong. Deep. No, I mean, I, I appreciate that because I think... I think you do need to be careful about what, what you're writing and w- why you're writing it. Um, you know, are, are, are you, um, you know, are, are you, and, and it's hard because, because, you know, are you writing a song for the here and now, or are you writing a song that's going to be for all eternity? Yeah. And, and which is hard because, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I partly think you need to write songs that are, you know, in the moment, like what, you know, what's happening in the church, what's happening at that moment. And, and there are songs that need, there are songs that are birthed and need to be for that moment in in church history um you know and then there's i mean there's even songs that that uh there there's songs that have been written that don't come about until the right time i'm thinking of the song revelation song a uh, great song mm-hmm. um and and we've been singing it a lot at our church and i know probably a lot of you've been singing it at your churches um it's really kind of it's really kind of hit the airways and hit the church that song was written in 2004. Yeah. You realize that that song was written like six years ago, five, six years ago. Yeah. And it's just now making its way into the church because it's like this was the, the time, you know, when, when it, you know, when, when it needed to, to be a part of, of church music history. And so, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how to answer that question. Well, that song kind of gives me hope that maybe some of the majestic sounding music is going to come back. Because that's what I, that's the, that's kind of the music I lean towards writing and liking. The the big sweeping, yeah. you know, yeah, go, go, going from like the one to the minor five, yeah. you know, type of thing. Yeah. Totally. And so maybe, maybe that's a signal that because of Coldplay and groups like that, that, that broader harmony structures are, are in the future of the church. Yeah. 
But um, anyway, we're talking about melody. Yes, we are. Melody that soars. So he starts off by um, by kind of using an example of um, uh, uh, Pinocchio's um, "When You Wish Upon a Star." Actually, I guess Jiminy Cricket's the one that sang it. And, and we all know that melody, and it is this very moving, melodic, sweeping melody. Kind of, it takes you on a journey, and I think that's kind of what he's starting the chapter mm-hmm. by saying. That a melody should take you on a journey, you know, do 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 do. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's got this kind of hot. It's this rolling, kind of sweeping landscape of of melodies, and mm-hmm. um, and and even though that that's a fairy tale song, um, in a very real way, I think, you know, why why can't worship songs take you on a similar journey? Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it, we ought to, our songs ought to be better than that. Yeah, well, that's fairy, that's fairy tale stuff, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's fairy tale stuff. We're, we're, uh, man, we got way more stuff to get excited about than fairy yeah. tales. And so, um, yeah, I think, and that's, um, that might be one of my frustrations with pop music. I know it's a frustration with some of my songs that I write, um, is that the melodies just seem too confined, hmm. you know, and like, and I know for worship songs, they have to be. Yeah. Or because people are going to be singing them. Like you couldn't sing when you wish upon a star with a congregation. No, It's it's far too technically difficult to yeah. sing. It's out of the range. It's got weird, you yeah. know, weird interval jumps. But, um, but I think you know there ought to be songs that are that are being written today that have more creative melodies that that don't fit within the realm of what we're used to hearing now from pop pop music. So regardless, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit on that soapbox for for too long because I definitely do not have the melody thing figured out. Well, and and that's kind of what he talks about in this next section. Where do melodies come from? How do you write melodies? Um, and, and I mean, basically, he just says, which I thought was funny. It's like, hey, they just come to us, you know. That that's just the way melodies are. Um, you know, the ancients spoke of listening to the muses. Uh, religious cults and new ages have envisioned tuning into the universe or hearing music from the cosmos or some other such weirdness. Uh, our theory is that these tune fragments that parade themselves through our minds are probably a synthesis of music that we've listened to. Um, which is totally true. Yeah. Isn't it like, yeah. uh, you know, I've ha, has this ever happened to you? So frustrating where I sit down, it happens every single time. And, and, and I work on something that I feel is so original mm-hmm. and I get so excited. And someone's like, Oh yeah, that's just like that one song or I'll hear it on the radio or, or my iPod. I'll be mm-hmm. listening. I'm like, dang it. I just stole that song. Um, I, it's funny. I actually, uh, I actually wrote a song and, and didn't realize it, it, uh, it was exactly um, same key, uh, almost exactly like a song that a friend of mine had written that he had shared with me. And I was like, dang it. But he told me I could go ahead and, and he's like, go ahead and record the song. I don't care. Um, so one of the songs I've written is called Pardoning Blood. And, it, and the chorus goes, pardoning blood, priceless and sweet, undeserved gift for me. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Any songs come to your mind? Wait, 
what song is it? Word of God, God speak. speak. You know, it's like pardoning blood. Yeah, yeah there so, you go. So I, you know, I'd written it. and I thought I had this, you know, just great song. And then someone comes up to me the first time after we did it and said, "That song kind of reminded me of, you know, Word of God Speak." But Mercy was like, ah, "No." <laughs> but but the thing I got kind of out of that, just that word of melodies come from, is that it's okay. Right. We 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 all have to have a, a starting ground. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's okay if your melody kind of sounds like. I mean, there's a reason that song was popular, no. because it was a good melody. Oh. There's a reason it's in your subconscious is because it's a good melody. That doesn't mean we want to go rip off all the melodies from you know everyone else's songs, but it's okay if our songs kind of sound like the yeah, melody. Sure. And so, um, anyway, <sighs> so. In addition to just coming to us, melodies are found in other ways too. Chord progressions, the feel of words, the mood of your message. <laughs> the mood of your message. Yeah, you know, and point well taken here. I mean, if if it's a, uh, I, I was watching this thing on on TV. Tim Hughes, Happy Day. Um, you know, a uh, good song. Uh, I'm I'm thinking we're going to do that song for Easter. And, uh, you know, I'm the whole song is just like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, day. oh, happy day. Happy day. He washed my sin away. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing is just like, bum, bum, gum, gum. You know, I mean, it's like, it's just pounding. I mean, it, bright chords, very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, nary a minor chord is in that song. Um, Very, very bright, which is fitting for the song i mean Mm -hmm. oh happy day happy day you wash my sins away um so like the happy song yeah oh i could sing unending songs how you save my soul delirious old Mm -hmm. school that was from a cutting edge 90 92 or 93 or something like that back in the day back in the day yep but uh the thing you know the feel of the words chord progressions the mood of your message i think that's all you know you can you can start to tell when someone hasn't taken those things into account when they're writing a song. Right. So you know if you have if you have words that that are descriptive and they describe a mood, then your melody ought to reflect that in some way. You know, it would be totally unfitting for "Happy Day" to have a minor melody that was mm-hmm. all funeralistic. Happy day. Dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, no. not not so much, right? It'd be fun to do, like, to make fun of something. Or... <laughs> we should just start making parodies, you know. <laughs> so, but, uh, so do you want to jump ahead to the uh, the intervals and the skill yeah, tones? And let's get there, because uh, I mean, this is fun. You know, I'm 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 into music theory. I, I like music theory, and I, I like you Ditto. know uh, all, all that kind of stuff. You know, talking about intervals and different progressions and stuff. So, I, I thought this section was kind of fascinating. Um, you know, talking about how, how different intervals in your song, um, you know, can, can actually kind of, uh, influence, uh, kind of influence the, the tonality or the way that, you know, you feel about the song as he puts it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's go through it. It starts with primes, you know, uh, same notes, um, just kind of rhythmic stuff, syllables. 
um, uh, what does he say? Um, he says, don't, uh, d- don't knock the primes though. A line of repeated primes with chord changes can, uh, have a definite, a uh, creative feeling. Paul's song, all praise and honor on his offering album contains a good, ex- which song is that? All praise and honor. I have that CD. I do too. Offering. I don't know. All praise and honor. I don't know. But but then you gotta be careful about overusing it, right? Like classic example, I think I've shared it before. Uh, Matt Redmond's once again, um, it's just the same note over and over, and it almost it almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. Once again, I look upon the cross where you died, humbled by your mercy, and you know it's like mm-hmm. ah, yeah. So you you, you, you don't, don't want to rely on the chords too much, right? Right. You don't want to just use the same note, change the chords underneath. So, yeah, primes can be effective. Um, my suggestion, don't overuse it. Then going on to seconds, um, step intervals. Or at least intervals. change up the rhythm a little change bit. Change up the, right. That would help that one, too. Once again, I look upon the crossway. Yeah, right? I mean, just if you change something. Just mix it and say, dun, 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 da, da, I feel like da, you're getting da, your da. head rung inside the <laughs> Sistine Chapel bells. So yeah, seconds, um, he calls them step intervals, which I've never heard before. Um, seconds, you know, basically just kind of going going up, going down. Talk I, about something you've never heard. What's a mark tree? I don't know. I got a copy of Mighty to Save, like the whole orchestration, and it said mark tree at the beginning. Mark tree? Yeah. Like I, M-A-R-K? Yeah, two words, mark tree. I had no idea. I had to go look it up. What? It's just it's like the chimes, you know, the the Oh, the, like the wind chimes? Yeah. It's apparently called a mark tree in some mark places. Tree. I don't know. Okay, good to know. There you go. Now we know. Sorry, so, where were we? Yeah, seconds. We're seconds. Happy birthday to Yeah, uh, there we go. There's our example. Mm-hmm. Do 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 do. And you know, something that I've actually tried to be intentional about when I when I've written um congregational songs, um uh I, I've actually tried to be really intentional about using uh as he puts them step melodies where where instead of jumping like like a fifth, you know, or jumping, you know, uh even like a third, actually trying to go up to it. So so one song I wrote, Sing Your Praise. Um, we lift our, you know, do 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 do. I I guess it does jump. Uh, da 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 do 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 do. Yeah, so it's like one 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 two three five. So you know, I I try to I try to, um, because I I think that music, like especially going into a chorus, you know, music should be kind of like progressive in terms of. It should kind of lift it, you know, and work it up towards it. So instead of just do do, you know, I, I like to always build into it. Da 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 da. Um, that's kind of what I. That's what I was thinking through that same thing when I was writing that the gift of Christmas because I knew I was, you know, I well I didn't know I thought I might have the choir sing it when I was writing it. So I thought, well, I'm gonna make the. So like when I was doing the verses, like. The carpenter a virgin girl. You know, I kept the intervals really da, small da, da, in the verses. Yeah. Try and keep it really singable. Well, which and that's a great what you just I mean that's great what you just said, you know, dun 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 dun. I mean it's just like a scale, it's just mm-hmm. a walk down. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. I mean it gives a nice melodic touch to it. You sounded like uh what's his face there on uh 
Which is nice. Which yeah. is nice. What? Oh, what's his name? I don't know, they, did, they did a lot of parodies of him on Saturday Night Live a few years back. Oh, no. Great. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. I'm just an, I'm just another Saturday Night Live parody. It's that guy that, that kind of talks like this. And he's I don't know. Talking with a lot of Whoa. breath. Not sure. I'm not doing a very good impression. No, no, so. <laughs> no I'm not sure. What, who, what, like, who <sighs> played him? Which guy? Well, one of the things was him doing, you know, impersonating somebody who was impersonating him, which was like <laughs> that's which, confusing. Which was funny. Um, <laughs> but um, you just oh, had to be there. I cannot remember. Well, I'll when you to. when you remember, you let me know. Yeah, I can't uh, remember. Sorry, that was that's cool. A total diversion there, but um. Thirds and six. Yeah. So his examples of thirds and six, kumbaya for third. Kumbaya, one, three, five, major chord. Thank goodness we don't do that song. Yeah, that'd be weird, right? Yeah. Um, I love six, by the way. It came up. Yeah. One, six, my body. Right? Like, lots of good sixes Mm -hmm. out there, isn't there? Yeah, I like that one. It's got a good feel. But uh, intervals, well, you know, then he goes through some more intervals, octaves. Force this. Yeah. But um, an evoking feeling, the relationship of a melody note to its key may be more important than its relationship to its neighboring notes or even its chord. For instance, in a perfect fourth, if a perfect fourth is from the first tone of the scale up to the fourth, it isn't particularly strong. But if it's from the fifth up to the octave, it's one of the strongest of all intervals. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying yeah. to think about what he's talking about. <laughs> so like so if you're going from um so a perfect fourth is what? Here comes the bride. Right, right. So that's an example of going from the fifth to the from five to one on the scale. Mm-hmm. Bum bum, that's tonic, you know. So mm-hmm. here comes the bride. That that's what makes it strong. But if you're going from the tonic to the fourth, it's oh, not strong. Okay, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. That doesn't, but it's kind of because you're going to tonic that makes it strong. Yeah, so it's it's like when you're resolving when your fourth is the resolution of mm-hmm. like that one chord. Yeah, I okay, I get what he's saying there. I never really thought of it yeah. like that. Um, ascending melody line can be uplifting, dramatic, hopeful, soaring. The reach of a line, the distance from its lowest to its highest nose, may often be more important to the emotion of the line than the distance between contiguous unaccented notes within the line. So that good a good example of that of the first song he was talking about. When you wish upon right, good, right, right. It starts it starts with an octave jump, right? When yeah, and then all of a sudden, I mean, the, the, the big range. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like. Like a octave and a half range, which is what gives it the emotion, that soaring yeah. feeling, the up and down. Because you could do the legato. same rhythm and even the same contour, but if you don't make those huge jumps, mm-hmm. it doesn't have mm-hmm. that that you know um, outside of this world feeling to it. Yeah. Um, the key of the song. Now, this to me is really, really important. So yeah. I want to I want to camp on this for a second. If I may, yes, um, because one of the things that I I've told people, 
that I've worked with, um, when I'm working on music with people, um, you know, whether it's piano stuff or songwriting stuff, my big thing is you got to have the right key. And, and I, I'm absolutely convinced that every key has a different, um, a, a different dynamic to it. And there are some songs that just sound amazing in like a certain key and you take it down a notch or whatever and it just, it loses it. It absolutely loses it. Um, uh, you know, great, great example of just some really powerful songs in, in keys. Um, uh, the song I Will Rise, Chris Tomlin, beautiful, beautiful ballad. Uh, you know, Chris has got a really nice tenor high voice. He keyed that thing up to the key of B, and it sounds just beautiful, brilliant, just mm-hmm. nice and ringing. It has these super high notes. I wanted to sing that for Easter last year. Um, I I can't quite I I can't quite sing those notes like Chris, <laughs> like Chris Tom. You know, I will rise when he called my. You know that's that's pretty high. No more sorrow, no more pain. Um, uh, you know that's pretty up there. So so I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just take it down to the key of A or or even G or something totally loses it it does so what i ended up doing i ended up having angie one of our altos sing it uh so she sang it kind of down in her lower registry mm-hmm. um which which worked out perfect so it was a perfect range for her we kept it in the key of b and it was amazing and part of the power was because of the key it was in yeah and i guess it was one of his early producers that started making him do that yeah the, he, yeah yeah he, what's his name i can't remember ed cash yes yeah because he was originally singing kind of lower in a, a singable congregational we key. fall down like his early stuff mm-hmm. um you know we fall down we're in the key of e very singable and and it was about his um uh it was his not to us album uh when ed's like hey why don't we key everything up like you know a third yeah let's key everything up three <laughs> or four keys um and yeah. and and that's when he really started kind of coming into the the, the unfortunate thing is it makes it really hard for congregational makes stuff it impossible um for congregations to yeah sing. which is unfortunate because they're like um see the morning uh just has some great worship songs on them all of them are you know indescribable mm-hmm. uh, that one's in the key of b also and you you can't indescribable yeah you place a sign. You know, I mean, like, which you, which you do still need to key it down if you're going to sing it as a congregation. Right. I mean, you, you can't possibly expect and your a congregation, congregation gets used to it in that key. You know. Yeah. We, so we do that one in uh, in G. That's what we do it in. Yeah. Um, it some loses, of them though, like I, I like um, uh, Glory in the Highest. I refuse to drop because we've dropped it to A a couple times. It's in yeah. C, but. Um, but it just totally loses all the punch, you know, when uh, you get to that end. Glory in the high. Yeah. If you drop that down to where that that high note is just a C sharp, and then all of a sudden it's just like, nah. just has no punch to it. But when you're singing that on an E, same, and you got same people with, belting that out, you know, yep. it's just got all this power same to it. Same with a praise the Father, praise the Son. Praise the Father, praise the Son. Mm-hmm. That's another one you almost got to do in the original key. Um, and, you know, and then going back to that, we've been talking about, you know, melodic things like, you know, it being too high. You know, there's sometimes where um, a key's written in like an uncomfortable key, like B flat for guitar players. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, a lot of times if there's a song in B flat or A flat, there aren't a whole lot of them. But, you know, I'll, I'll usually drop it down to A or whatever. Um but one song in particular that we've been doing a lot at our church, this song by Brian Dirksen called Holy God. And um, 
and and, and there's nothing wrong with the key B flat. Like it's very singable. Uh, it is not uncomfortable or out of anyone's range. But at first, I I was like, oh, she's doing an A for the guitars. And I was like, you know what? They can bring a capo, all right? Yeah. They can bring a capo because we're doing the song in B flat because it, mm-hmm. there's something about the key of B flat is so majestic. It, it's this, I mean, B flat and E flat and A flat, I think, are some of the richest, darkest type of keys on the piano. And, and, and there's something so rich and full about a song in B flat that you just can't get with A. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Everlasting God. You know, mm. we do it in B flat and. A couple of times we tried it in G, but you know when you try and sing that melody and the and, and the verse, strength arises. We wait upon the. I can't sing a G, right? So I'm doing this. Our God. And so, um, so you you know you have to think about those things when you're changing keys. But um, Anyway, but it, you know, if you're not good at changing keys when you're writing a song, so let's say you know you're writing a song, you're only good at really playing in the key of G or D or something. <laughs> well, then figure out a way. If you play guitar, we'll get a capo and, yeah. and you know put yeah. it on the first fret, put it on the second fret, put it on yep. the third fret. Try it. Or if you're if you have a keyboard, you know, just use hit the, the transpose, transpose button. button. <laughs> Do something, but just you know, you have to experiment in different keys yep. until you kind of figure out the one that's yeah, got the feel. Yeah, one final one final example is. Um, I was I was writing Melanie a song for her birthday last year, kind of a, a surprise. I, I did a surprise birthday party thing for her, and and I wrote a song for her. And um, for the longest time, I, I was doing the song uh, in in the key of uh, in the key of D, and 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 it sounded good. Um, and then just on a whim, I, I took it down to to D flat, just dropped it down just a half step, um, just because you know I was like ah, I might be able to hit the high notes a little better. Just by dropping it down, totally changed the song, made it sound so much cooler. Um, and, and I was like, man, I should I should try this a long time ago before I <laughs> spent all my time working on this song in the key of D. So, well, we're out of time. Oh gosh, are we really? <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, we've been having a good time, David. So we're gonna pick it up next time on the ubiquitous third. Ubiquitous third. Um. And, and pick up with Melody there. So anyway, this is uh, another episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate better worship in the local church. My name is David, and we didn't introduce ourselves. So I don't think we'd be on this one. And, uh, I'm Kevin. Kevin. Hey. So uh, you can get in touch with us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send us an email to davidworshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can always join our social network as well, worshipministrycatalyst.com. Yes. So thanks for listening. We'll talk uh, to you again soon. Bye.